Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey guys, for today's Clubhouse episode, we have Wani Alantunde back on The Portrait System. I'm so excited that she's back for a Clubhouse chat with Ashley Taylor and Kevin Conde. This time they talk all about marketing and branding online, and it's just such a good episode. Always love getting questions from people who are listening live. So make sure to join Clubhouse, grab that app if you haven't already, and you're always welcome to listen live and ask questions of our guests. Okay, let's get started with Ashley, Kevin, and Wani. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast, Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Kloster hosts our regular Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for... The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kevin, and I'm so excited to be here co-hosting our chat once again with you today. And I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Wani Alatunde. Hey, Wani. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. We're so excited to have you today. Oh, I, I'm really glad to be here. I listen to your to Clubhouse all the time, and I, li- I love your back and forth. And I, I, re- I have to say, I've never met Kevin, or but I really love your voice. It's it's very like you know, radio voice, right? Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> so we, re- you were recently a guest on, I believe it was episode 89 with Nikki Klosser. Uh, we listened to your interview, loved it, but we did have some follow up questions that we wanted to ask. Okay. Um, so we, we thought it'd be a great idea to go ahead and bring you on. So that way you can, uh, you know, discuss a bit about your business. Sounds so, good. You have built such a strong brand for yourself, even though you said you're not a fan of in-person networking. <laughs> and you've done that through uh, a strong online presence, marketing, and defining your brand. Uh, so we wanted to go ahead and have a, a sit down to kind of deep dive into your process. Okay. Um, so let's start off by talking about how you determined what went into your brand. First off, what is involved in defining a brand? And is it just color scheme, font choices, logos? Or is there more to determining what your brand should and will be? Okay. Oh, that's a complicated question. Okay. Um, so for me, um, I don't know if I, the, I always recommend this book um, called Worth Every Penny by um, Sarah Petty. It came out, I think, like 10 years ago. 
But basically, she talks about being a boutique photographer. And one thing she said that really stuck with me was that a brand, your brand is how people feel about you when you're not in the room. So it's not just the colors or your logo or your font or anything like that. It's, it's about your processes. It's about how you treat your clients. It's about your systems. Like there's so much that goes into the brand. And so once I understood that I didn't have to like go crazy over a logo and it doesn't really matter. And I know Sue always says like, who cares about logo? It's like a simple font done, you know, but it, it really is a whole process and intention to your brand. And I think one of the things that, has really helped me kind of grow my business and become a high-end brand while well, I'm rebuilding now. But in my previous life, it was the fact that I paid attention to every single aspect of my process. So how I spoke to clients when they first inquired, how I treated clients during the shoot, how I led them through the process um, when we were looking at their pictures, and then the little gifts you give them like at the end, just to say you are valued, thank you for choosing me, and I, you are the most important person to me right now. And I think all those little things play into building a brand that allows you, that gives you the credibility, first of all, but then also allows you to charge more ultimately. I think that's so right, Wani. Like, I recently had a personal brand client who has a very successful business, and she said to me, like, oh, I'm so impressed with your client onboarding process. Like, mm. you're just such a pro and you make every." And I was kind of like, I am, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I know that I am, but at the same time, like, no one really had said that to me before. And I can tell that she's, like, such a, you know, badass boss babe. So it was, like, really a high compliment. But oh, it just made sense. me think, like, you know, like, how important that is. Like, how important it is to just show up and show that you have a system and that you know how to take care of your client from the moment they contact you, it really says so much more about you than just, like you said, a font or a color scheme. And I actually have a funny, well, so actually, yes. Yeah, so one, yes to that comment where people always like, because when I started out in Nigeria, there wasn't, a lot of people didn't really have structure. They just kind of like turn up as a photographer, but I always wanted to be that business because I have a banking background. I brought a lot of that professionalism to what I did. And so really people were like, oh, wow, she's so professional. You're like, you're the most professional vendor we've worked with, especially in the wedding space, which can be a little bit chaotic. So that really, um, that really helped me stand out. And even like a few months ago, so I had a client who actually, you know, sometimes you get a client that makes you really nervous. She's like really high achieving, you know, head of risk somewhere. And she's just like a really, and she just randomly, she was like, I was strolling the streets of Instagram and I found you and I'm like, okay. And we literally had her shoot and did her pictures like within two weeks. And then she said like a, a month or two after that, she sent me a message and went, you know, I was at Mercedes today with um, trying to get my car sorted out and they were just like all over the place. And I was like, why can't you give me service like Wani? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. You know, and I was like, the Mercedes? Okay. So it's like, you know, it really, pe people do pay attention. Like sometimes, you know, people go like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, oh, the email is, it, it has a few typos in it. That doesn't matter. But people are paying attention and it's something you build upon. So it's really important to, to be intentional about the way you interact with clients because honestly it does make all the difference and people do notice especially the right clients will notice as well yeah and that brings up a good point to like what do you do if you drop the ball in any point because I know like I think that I hold myself to a pretty high standard and, pro and professional all the time but every once in a while a mistake happens right and like so I think it's always good to ask people like how do you handle it if you drop the ball in a situation 
situation like that. To I mean, keep the yeah. brand up. I mean, we're human, right? Like no one is on the ball 100% of the time, you know? And, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm like a perfectionist. So I'm always like very unkind to myself when I mess up. Like I'm like, oh, you're such an idiot. But clients, first of all, clients, if you've been good to clients all through, and they like you as a person, they're a lot more forgiving. Like if your friend messes up, you're not like, oh my God, you're an idiot, get away from me. You're like, oh no, that sucks. How do we fix it kind of thing, right? And so like, for, for example, I had a, an order, I ordered an album for a client. She was a re- I did her wedding and they came back for a family. And I just, but my album company just wasn't getting this album right. It just had all sorts of issues. And so something that should have taken six, six weeks took almost two months and I was just horrified. I was like, I was so apologetic. I'm like, this is not me. I'm so sorry. She's like, it's fine. I'm not fussed. You know, I trust you. I know you want to get it right. Don't worry about it kind of thing. And so I think one of the things the photographers, I noticed that photographers do when things go wrong is that they panic and they don't communicate with the client. Mm-hmm. And so they just, they just kind of like <laughs> ghost the client, you know, and that, and that's just, that's just the very wrong approach to take because at the end of the day, half of our issues can be diffused if we just keep an open channel communication going, this is what is happening. I'm so sorry. Um, this is what I'm doing to fix it. This is the timing I think will work. And, you know, and how can I make it up to you? And then at the end at the back end of things, you know, like I'm giving more gifts. Um, oh, actually I can tell the worst thing that ever happened to me happened last year. I, I swear 2020 was the year from hell. So I was doing it. Oh, no, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, this has never, like, so I've been in photography for 10 years. This has never happened to me. I was shooting a proposal, actually, my first proposal. And at the moment where the guy is on the floor kneeling, asking for a hand in marriage, my camera just stops working. Oh, it stops working. Wow. It does not, it does, it was a whole, you know, you have to take out your battery. It was just not working. The flash didn't go off. I, I was, I missed the moment, basically. I missed the moment, the actual moment of the proposal. I was only there for a one hour shoot. I was so, I looked, I was, I sent it away. I was like, is there any way you can rescue this? They're like, you can turn it into a painting, maybe. <laughs> like, there's no rescuing this picture. And I was so horrified. It was like the worst moment of my career. And I was just upfront with the client about it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm, there's no do over, obviously. The proposal has come and gone unless you want to reenact it. So I I was like, I'll give you a full refund. I'll give you a pre-wedding shoot. What can I do to make it up to you? And they were like, you know, it's fine. Like, it's not, it's okay. It's like, we'll take the pre-wedding shoot, but you know, it's okay. Like, we get it. And I was like, oh, they were so forgiving. Like, I was really shocked. But I mean, sometimes things just really go wrong. And it's really about how you handle it. Because I just wanted to like run away and hide and just stay under the covers forever because I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed by what happened, but I was just honest and they were like, it's, it's fine. And they're, and they're coming back for a pre-wedding shoot. So, you know, these things, just open, talk to your client, be open and kind of show them that you're willing to try and fix it. And I think that makes all the difference. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think too, sometimes like it's also important to pick up the phone instead mm. of emailing. Because mm. sometimes 100%. like if someone is like getting like they're annoyed and you're embarrassed, like then your tone kind of might come off bad in the email and Mm. it just kind of can snowball from there. So I've like definitely noticed that it's better to like pick up the phone and then obviously be genuinely like, I'm sorry, you know, and like, I want to fix it. And if people can hear that in the tone of your voice, it's so much better Mm. than like a three sentence email. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like no one wants to do it, but you just have to put on your big girl pants and do it. Because it's like, what is the worst that can happen? Like, they hate you and they blacklist you. Okay, fine. 
yeah. messed up. So it, it but like, but you actually it can go a long way to fix the problem just by definitely never, <laughs> never, never email, never text. Just pick up the phone and have that conversation as uncomfortable as it might be. Exactly. And one book I read and I like totally can't remember which one it was, but it was, you know, a business advice type book. And it said something along the lines of like, we can actually do more for our brands and impress our clients more when we mess up. Because Mm. when you mess up, you're like essentially given the opportunity to kind of be a hero and fix it. Whereas if you're doing everything right, which obviously we want to do everything right. (laughs) But um, (laughs) if you're doing everything right, like you can't really show how you handle things under pressure. So sometimes like loyal clients are even created in difficult Mm. moments because you showed up and you did the right thing. And like most people don't do the right thing, unfortunately. So you really do like stand out even more when you do own up to your mistakes or you do pick up that phone and have that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you see that when you you yourself are a client, because I know the people I respond to are people who, are actually I feel like paying attention to me care that there's a problem not the people who go this is just customer service oh we went wrong it's not our fault nothing we can do about it so just just treat your clients like human beings and like friends and and you, honestly it'll be all right so Wani you said that you come from your background is banking mm-hmm. you have a, a level of professionalism um, already there for people that are starting to just starting out for photography how do you go about determining what aspects in your brand you actually have to focus on okay. to be considered professional? Like, you know, you said you have the, the nice gifts at the end. Where are you getting the different, um, I guess, categories for the branding aspect that you have to turn to professional? Okay. So I think, so I, I'm sure Sue has something in SP on this, but basically you need to look at your client process. Like, what is the process? How do you lead a client through your business? So first of all, let's start with the basics. Have a decent logo. You can get one for like $50. It, it literally can just be a fun. It just has to be nice. It, doesn't look, it shouldn't look homemade, first of all. Because, you know, we make, people are, first impressions are formed in microseconds at this point. It's no longer three seconds. And, that, and then people, you look at a color, you're like, it's not for me. You look at a font, ugh, no, that looks homemade. So get your font right. Have a professional email address. So don't have like at Hotmail, at Gmail, at AOL. Please don't have at AOL. (laughs) (laughs) I still see that and I'm like, I'm I'm like, are we in the 90s? I don't know what is happening. That person's just been in business for a while. (laughs) uh, Yeah, and and should know better. So it's like just the basics, you know, that's just basic and professional standards. So again, then, so a client contacts you. So you're inquired, they send you an inquiry. Great. How are you responding? I mean, now there's a whole, I, I think we suffer from like too much information in this era. I, I often find myself being overwhelmed because there's so many different approaches and people are often contradicting each other and their approach. So this is what I say. There are a million ways to reach the destination. What works for one person might not work for me. I, I don't really like educators who go, it's my way or the highway. This is the only way that works because that's not true. We all have different personalities. We all have different approaches. And just find the one that works for you and then stick with that. So I know some people are like, always speak to clients on the phone. I'm an introvert. I don't love speaking to clients on the phone, especially cold inquiries. Only if I know that you're definitely like kind of almost there. Warm leads I'll speak to on the phone, but everyone else I'll just email. And so the email is, let it, is do you sound excited? Have you paid attention to what they've said? Pick up um, notes on maybe just like if they've said a particular venue or they said something about their family, just respond to that. So they shows it's a human responding. Um, 
And then once they're in their business, so consultation is important. That's an important part of being a professional. That's the difference between a shoot and burner who just says who you pay and then they turn up and the clothes don't match and they, and they feel awkward and they don't know how to pose. So that consultation where you're just guiding the clients, leading them through the process, making sure they feel heard and listened to, helping them plan their outfits, helping them plan their wall art if that's what you do. All those little things help. You know, and then the shoot day itself, you know, you turn up, you look, prof- I mean, I'm pretty basic. I, I, I don't get dressed up. I wear black, so I'm free to move. I dress comfortable, but don't look, don't look homeless, you know, and just smile at them, encourage them, listen to them. If they have kids, be really nice to the kids. Everyone likes it when you're nice to their kids. You can win over most parents by just paying attention to their kids, you know, and just make, help make them feel seen for me, for clients, it's always making them feel seen heard and listened to because I feel like a lot of times we don't get that as in our daily lives always so it's really nice when you have someone who's just taking that extra bit of time you know and and they feel looked after even things like if you're in the studio what kind of music do you want to listen to which snacks would you prefer just little things you know like just be a good hostess and then you have your viewing you know you guide them through that which is great and then the products that you're offering your clients it doesn't have to all be like the high-end products, it depends where your pricing is, but kind of work on the best products you can offer within your budget, you know, and make sure they're displayed nicely, make sure everything looks and feels good, you know, make sure your studio is nice and clean. So there are just so many touch points. And then they, and at the end of the process, obviously you deliver an album, make sure names are spelled correctly, make sure that they're, the pages aren't sticking together, make sure the colors are right, make sure there are no issues with the album where you just think, oh, that's fine, it's just a small issue, no. I think you have to have really high standards and make sure that whatever you're delivering to your client is the best quality possible. So they just fall in love with whatever you're delivering. And at the end, you don't have to do gifts. People do all sorts of gifts. People do like vouchers to restaurants or um, vouchers to come back. It can be a photography gift. It can be a non-photography gift. It can be, some people do wine, but not everyone drinks alcohol. Some people even do steaks. Like, <laughs> like, just think about your brand. Think about what, you can, even if some people even just do simple accordions, which like cost $5, just to say, just a thank you. So re- I think the best thing is like those handwritten notes. Mm-hmm. Like just do a handwritten notes and that, and that's just, we don't get a lot of handwritten stuff anymore. Everything is online. So people actually do appreciate that you've taken out the time to write. My handwriting's not the best, but I can write a few lines and go, just thank you so much. I enjoyed working with you. Enjoy this, whatever I've given them. And, and that's it. And then I try and, and then I stay in touch with them over on social media, you know, so that I try and celebrate them when they have things going on, you know, and just stay engaged and stay, and just kind of stay in touch. And that's kind of my whole process. That's that's all fantastic. That was a lot, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great though. As you said there, Wani, there was there's a lot of good information in there. Um, I think the pull away from that though is the the touch points, the aspects of mm. every part that your clients see of you. Um, you brought up the idea of yes, you gotta you don't wanna put too much time into your logos or you know, I've seen people in the Subrice Facebook group like, oh, should I name myself this portraits or this photography or this student like at the end of the day that part doesn't matter it just Mm. there is some importance to it like yes you obviously don't look want to look like you made your logo in ms paint yeah but you also don't have to spend months trying to oh you know if i have a flower how many petals should be on it you know 
The same thing with your font. You know, don't make it Comic Sans, you mm-hmm. know, but it has to look decent enough. And I, I think that the touch points in this is the, you know, most important information to pull from all that great information that you just pointed out. Definitely. When, when you were creating your brand and you were looking to redefine yourself, was there any, anything that you noticed about yourself that you're like, this isn't, you know, what am I doing myself as a person that I'm not doing correctly? I should change this aspect. I need to change this part of my schedule. Was there anything like that while you're rebranding yourself? I think it's a constant work in progress. I'm constantly changing things, trying to see if this works, see if that works, see what clients are responding to. So nothing ever is, my brand is constantly shifting like behind the scenes. Outwardly, it stays the same, but behind the scenes, I'm constantly moving things about as I, as I evolve, as I get more confident, as I learn new things. I'm constantly changing things, whether it's my website or my, my language. Um, one of the things I did was um, I did this um, branding course with um, a guy called Jeff Yokun. And he, his, he, his kind of ethos is that, you know, we're all photographers. We all do the same thing. And the thing that really differentiates who we are is us. Is, is that kind of the, the thing that differentiates our brand is us. We are the, because, you know, you have all your romantic photographers, you have all your, your studio photographers, you have, you know, every, we all kind of do the same thing. We're all really great at, you know, I mean, aim to be really great at serving our clients, doing great work, you know. So really, it's, we come to that point where we are our USP, introverts, you know, but have a quiet strength about them with the way they deal with clients. Some people are really extroverted and really are really bubbly with their clients you know and so it's just trying to understand who you are and so you do this whole exercise where you go through your your branding words so you have to so it's really awkward you have to you had to go on facebook and ask or ask your friends to describe you in three words and then kind of see what words were coming out over again because you know sometimes it's really hard to kind of look at yourself and mm. analyze yourself, right? It's, it's much easier to do it for someone else, but it, it, it feels, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, it feels really hard to do it for myself. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I am, I don't know. So it was really interesting to go through that Facebook person. I had like maybe 50 different comments and a lot of the same words started coming out. So through the process, I was able to establish my words as romantic, nurturing, and spirited, you know, and you can see that plays in my, my, my wedding work, especially, you know, and it's just kind of the way I try and treat my clients. I really try to look after them, make sure they feel seen and heard. And so those are kind of the words I use to guide my process. But otherwise, everything is always changing. My, my price list changes at least once a month. My, my emails change. My email templates change. I'm always just tweaking to kind of see what works and, and the one that gets the most response. It's like everything else. You know, you, you, you can't stay stagnant. You always have to be growing. You know, some things will work. Some things will don't. But I think it's not... As, you're, as you get more experience in business, you don't get too attached to negative um, feedback. It, like, it's just feedback that that isn't working so well. So let me try something else, you know, and it's, it's all just a learning experience. So where are you getting like your feedback loop from, from your actual clients, from your responses on social media? Uh, where are you getting the information where you're like, you know, maybe this isn't working right. Maybe I need to switch to this part of my business up. Um, in, in different places. So for example, if I'm trying out different responses to, to inquiries, 
you know, and I'll notice, oh, like a longer email is already working. But if I just send like two, three lines, that's working, then that's great. Or if I do something for a client, like, so for example, I was gifting clients, um, I was gifting clients at the same time I was giving them their products. And so they were like, oh, thank you. But they weren't that excited because they were excited about their products. But then, so I started sending them their um, gifts like two weeks after I'd closed the oh, order. Okay. And now they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. It's like Christmas, you know, it's like when you just get a parcel, you're not expecting, you're like, oh, this is fun. And they were a lot more excited, you know, and they're sharing it on social media, that kind of thing. So it's just, it's literally whatever you're doing. So I think this ties into having goals and knowing what you're trying to achieve. Cause otherwise you'd just be a little bit like blindsight and all over the place. So if I'm doing social media and I'm trying out reels, I'm trying out, a messaging I'm, I'm i'm looking at which which posts are giving me the response i want which is giving me engagement which are giving me dm people sliding into my dms you know if i'm doing ads is like who's responding so it's everything is just the, everything you do is a process where you're getting a feedback loop loop and to say this is what i'm trying to achieve i've done it am i getting the results i want okay and that's not happening okay what can i tweak and it's a constant i mean being a business owner is like exhausting <laughs> it's a constant <laughs> It's never just the 40 hours, right? I know. Honestly, sometimes you just miss the nine to five where you're like, this is your job. This is just a small part of the job. And then you can go home and forget about it. But business owner, you're constantly, your brain's always like going, okay, how can I make this better? How can I improve until everything is really optimized, you know? And there are new things coming out all the time as well. So, and your clients are evolving as well. And the type of clients you're trying to reach are evolving. So for what worked for when you were charging an average of $1,000, is not going to work for when you're charging an average of $5,000, right? So it's a constant growth process. Um, Wani, I know that copywriting is also a huge part of branding. And I've noticed that your writing on your website is so beautiful. And I think it can be hard um, as SBE members to not fall into the trap of like all using the exact same words, even though obviously we all have like a similar sentiment in like empowering mm. people to feel confident on the camera. So I was wondering if you had any advice for people on like how they could find their own unique voice in copywriting, even if the sentiment is similar to, uh, you know, this community of photographers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, copywriting is hard. I did, It takes me a long time to get the words. Um, there are a couple of tools that help. Obviously, copywriting, you can, you can hire or do a trade with a copywriter, <laughs> which always works. But I like the tip that Sue gave, which is like she, because she hates writing as well, right? But she, she speaks it into a dictaphone and then gets and then transcribes it. Because sometimes it's easier when we just talk through everything. And then, then we, from when we listen to what we've spoken, that we can then take the words and kind of transcribe that into. So and that, and that's a good way to help you find your voice because you just speak normally. While sometimes I think we feel like we have to be super formal or super professional but really, clients just want us to, they want to show us to show personality. They want to know who we are. And so if you can just find your own voice, um, then then that, that that will help you stand out more. And I also use a couple of tools. There's a tool called Conversion AI. And that like takes your words. It literally has something that says content improver and it makes the words better. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really can good. You, can, it's can you called, repeat that one more time for the people. 
Yes, that's conversion AI. It's called Jarvis. I, I just discovered it like two, um, two months ago. It's not cheap, but like I use it for Facebook ads and Google ads and I use it for everything. So you can use it for, you can use it for blogs as well. And it, it, can, it gives you different formats and it, it creates stuff that it's, it's, it's supposed to be more catchy and it takes out all the extra. It just makes your words better. People use it a lot for like lots of different things. But um, yeah, I found that helpful. But I think also, I think if you just speak or maybe you talk to someone and just like if you're trying to maybe come up with your about page or something, just talk to your friend, tell them what you do, record it and then listen back to what you said. And then I think you'll be able to put something together from that as well. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Jarvis, make me sound smarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, that's what it does. I'm like, oh, I like the way you did that. So, yeah, <laughs> that's great. So I wanted to ask you, um, going back a little bit, you, you when it comes to building your brand, um, mm-hmm. you had... With Nikki, you had said you wanted to help differentiate yourself from other photographers because mm-hmm. you felt that everyone, yes, everyone has the beautiful, um, beautiful styles, but they're all very similar in, in, in this regard. Were there anything out there that you were seeing other photographers doing that maybe you were following along with that ultimately you were like, you know what, this isn't me. This is something I need to change. Yeah, so I think when, uh, I think what I was speaking to Nikki about was that so I'd done, ne- I'd done or I am doing networking and like for personal branding, the, the, what seems to be more popular and more wanted is the, it's, it's not the studio personal branding as we know it, as we define it in SBE, but as come to my business or let's go to different coffee shops and let's just go around the place. And I tried to make myself fit into that mold, but I, first of all, I, I really didn't want to be going around the place. I like my studio just fine. I have everything I need there. I, I don't want to go around and have to location scout. And and I was just, I was, sometimes I just felt like I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And that can be tough, you know, because you just kind of feel like nobody wants what you're offering. So, so that it's important to kind of find your right audience. And it's important to actually know who you are and make sure you're consistent to yourself because it's easy to just get swept along what everyone else is doing because that happened with weddings as well I was you know because sometimes you just when you feel like you're not doing what everyone wants and you kind of feel (laughs) a little rejected you know you're like okay let me just try and be like everyone else and so like people want me too but it's it's never worked out and for me I think having our wedding business it should be we should be doing work creating work we love otherwise why not just go work at the nine to five that's a lot less stressful you know (laughs) so it's it's been a, it's been a journey both times for me to kind of go it's okay to understand there's there is a client for everyone whether you want to create painted portraits that use only one light in the shadow or you want to have like super high key across the spectrum there is a client for everyone what takes time is finding the right way your clients are hand, are hanging out and also just understanding who your clients were. Cause I think with my personal branding, I wasn't quite sure who my client was, but now I get it now. And now I know that my personal branding client is someone who's been in business for kind of four or five years upwards, who, who caters to women mostly has a lifestyle brand, you know, and, and for me, I, I can now start to use my, that information about who my ideal client is to start to craft my messaging more specifically to craft my Facebook ads more specifically. So it, it just, it takes a time. It's kind of like a trial and error process. Sometimes you just need to understand who you're looking for 
and then it's it's, it's a lot easier like, i guess it's like dating it's like once you know kind of what you're looking for it's a lot easier to kind of focus your mind to find that person rather than just trying to be everything to everyone because honestly that's exhausting and it never really works out for you that's such great advice. And now is the point where we can ask, uh, well, you in the audience can ask questions and you can do that by just hitting the little hand icon in the lower right hand portion of the screen. Um, so make sure you raise your hands, it will bring you up on stage. And then um, Wani, I know you're talking a little bit about ads, you mentioned Google ads, you mentioned um, Facebook ads. What's your approach to ads in terms of like messaging? Like, are you using it for lead generation? Are you using it for brand awareness? How are you utilizing them? Um, Honestly, ads are still a work in progress for me. They haven't worked too well for me. I'm constantly tweaking things and I'm doing a couple of courses just to, because I mean, the rules keep changing as well. So I'll buy a course, but then I won't look at it for a year and then the rules would have changed. So it becomes obsolete. So yeah. for me, so, so yeah, I can't really talk about ads because they are, they are, I'm still, a, I'm dedicating some money to just playing and figuring, figuring out how it works basically. But it's definitely, I know, I know it works for a lot of people. And for me, I, I like, I just like the idea of being able to turn on a tap where I could, I don't mind spending the money because I, I find it easier than having to like do a ton of networking. So yes, totally. <laughs> so um, that is the plan. Well, we have a question from Dallas. So Dallas, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and then we can take your question. Hi, guys. This is my first time asking a question on Clubhouse. So bear with me <laughs> if I don't do it right. But no thanks worries. so much for uh, for your talk today, Wani. It's been great hearing about your business. Um, I really liked hearing about how often you're iterating and making these changes, sometimes even on a monthly basis. That's so mm-hmm. inspiring that you're so agile and dynamic. Um, my question relating to that is how you communicate those changes to returning clients and have you ever had any pushback from them like, oh, things were different last time or, oh, you don't do this anymore? Um, or do you find they're generally improvements that you're making so they're happy with these changes? Thank you. Yeah, cool. Thanks for the question, Dallas. Actually, that's a good one because I literally had this like last week. So First, with clients, what I've found is that if you're just confident in the way you come across to them and go, this is what we're doing now, they're like, okay, cool, you know, and you don't really give them room to, it's, it's when you're like, unsure, you're like, okay, so I'm going to do this, but you know, let me know how it goes, blah, blah, blah. and then they kind of, I, I think of clients like toddlers, like if you just get used to them in boundaries, and then you'll be fine. So for example, I used to do edited digital reveals. So I did that back in April with a client, um, and then she came back. Um, this month whatever August and I was like oh I'm doing something different now um I, I now move to unedited um reveals so I'm like you see more images but you're you get to see it much quicker and so and, and you have more options so I think you always have to whenever you're changing stuff for clients you just always have to position it so they can see what's in it for them because basically everyone wants to know what's in it for me how is this a good thing for me and so you need to be able to once you can say that to them confidently it's not a it's not a big issue. The same thing with pricing. Um, so for me, it's a little different because return clients don't pay a session fee. So they, they don't see any changes that I make. And the, the, I, don't, I don't like double my prices overnight. Um, so any change that they will come back to would be like maybe 
20% or so. So, and, and what they're ordering might be slightly different. So I haven't run into any kind of issues. Obviously, if you're doing, going through a big, actually with weddings, if you're going through a big change, like, like you're literally doubling your prices overnight, then if you're make, doing that, then you're knowing that you're going to lose some clients. And you, that is a decision you made. You have to be comfortable because you're changing levels. And so that's something you'd have to be comfortable knowing. So it does depend on the type of changes you're going to make. But in general, if you can just tell the clients why this is a good thing for you, um, then it's not a problem. Thank you, Dallas. Uh, one of the things that you, like you just said right now is you're going to lose clients. But the wonderful thing is that they're going to be replaced by mm. clients who are going to be paying you even more. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and I feel that kind of ties into the next part that I wanted to talk to you about with is your social media. Okay. Um, one of the, my favorite things that you said in your podcast episode with Nikki is that you're not, trying, you're not going to make more money by lowering your prices. Mm. You're going to do that by um, getting more people in your front of your lens. Yep. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about the different, process, different ways you go, go about doing that with your okay. social media. I wanted to go ahead and, and talk about your Instagram is you seem to have so much invested into the Instagram ecosystem where I'm seeing you have reels, IGTV, you have an amazing bio, You're, you even have guides that are <laughs> set up yeah. um, in, in your Instagram. Can you talk about a little bit about your process of the, how you go ahead and create content? for the different aspects of Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I think definitely pick one or two platforms to, because I just got, I just got overwhelmed. There was Instagram, there was Facebook, there was LinkedIn, there was Pinterest. Then there was TikTok. I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I was like, I, I didn't, I never even bothered with TikTok. because I was like, this is, I'm clearly too old for this. Well, uh-huh. but I think the best advice I, I heard was pick one or two platforms. So I, I took, I sat down, I looked at where I was getting most of my clients from and it was Instagram. So, so everything I do, I do have a scheduler so that I, everything I create on Instagram, I can then send to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Google my business, to soon to Pinterest, you know, but Instagram is kind of where I'm creating content for. And, um, so obviously I, I follow these, um, creators, but first, obviously you need to do your posts and that's easy because we're photographers. So that's great. But then, then, cause I think maybe like five Six years ago, all you had to do was share a portfolio and you're good. You know, you get your followers, get your likes. It's all great. But now people want to be educated on Instagram. So now it's about what are you educating your clients, giving them tips. And like there's, I mean, there are lots of, I'm sure Sue will have something on this, but there are a lot. Yes, she does. She has like the, um, like the blogging stuff and the 27 paths. And it's just like all the different messages you should be giving to clients on Instagram, right? And so then I've split it up in, and then obviously then we had the recent messaging where Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app. It's now a video app. Now a video app, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, great. You've been a video app for a while, but it's cool. So, so it's trying to, and so Instagram really wants you to be targeting using all as many of your different 
offerings as possible. And, and then that's how they'll push the content. I can't, I'm not a content creator. You know, some people are there and they're doing like five reels a day and they're doing 10 posts a week and they're just on it all the time. And I tried to keep up with that. And I, and I, I just ended up leaving Instagram for like a month. Cause I was like, this is too much. Like I, I this is, this is like a full-time job. And it is because people get paid to do this yeah. stuff. So it was just like, as long as you're turning up consistently, whether it's once or twice a week on Instagram, but just your clients know when to expect you. It doesn't matter how much you're posting, you know. And also, I stopped caring so much about the likes and going viral. It's more just presenting my content so the right person can find me when they need me. So, so Instagram is not always, a, for me, it's not always a, an immediate um, kind of lead. But it, I will have clients who have followed you on Instagram for two years, for three years, whatever and when it's time they will come and find me so in terms of instagram i do the posts obviously and then reels were super easy to do um i find them easier than tiktok you know and they're fun so i, I just usually just scroll through like the reels and see what's what what, what audio is trending and, and what themes are trending and then jump on something that works for my photography you know so those are simple those are simple to do and veggie slideshows you can do those those are fun. Clients always want to see behind the scenes, so that's and that's a great one to do for reels as well. Because for reels, Instagram will um, share things that are either educational or funny. So you can do one, you can do either or both. But if it, they they won't share things that just like a this is my portfolio, they won't share that. It won't go as viral as um, other stuff. So it's just it's just listening to the trends and kind of knowing what you should follow. But you definitely need to at least to be doing vid- do your post, do your reels because it's super simple, and do do a couple of lives or IGTV. You know, and, and the guides were simple. Just uh, so I think the key thing is to repurpose your info. So if you have blog posts, you can now turn those into carousels. Instagram likes carousels, so just have five slides that people can then save and come back to you know you can turn them into reels you know anything that you any part of the process your client process that you share with clients give them information you just repurpose that and i think if you can you can probably go back and if you've been blogging or creating content for like a year plus you'll have a lot of stuff you can repurpose so the key is just to be pick one platform and be consistent but it doesn't have to be every day a couple of times on instagram is fine can you can you explain that a little bit? Like, how are you repurposing a blog on Instagram through a carousel? That one I'm not too familiar with. Okay, so so um, so do you know Canva? Yes. Okay, so Canva. I mean, I just I, I love Canva. I still don't understand how it's free. I mean, I have the pro version, but it's just like the best um, creation ever. So, like, if you have a blog post where you say five location, oh, I don't know, okay, we're portrait photographers, how to look good in photos, you know, maybe you have a lead magnet or something and you have five tips, then just go to Canva, you know, pick a car- type in carousel, Instagram carousel, it'll show you a couple of templates and then just copy over, um, just copy over the information. Maybe you had five headings in your blog post, then just have five slides, you know, and include, and the way I like it, like what I did was how to prepare for your photo shoot. And so I had five slides and it talked about how do you want to do your hair do you want to add a cultural aspect? Um, what colors do you want to do? What colors do you want to um, do? Do you want to do personal branding or are you going glam? You know, and, and each one was a different slide and it had a different picture from clients. So I was showcasing my work, but I was also helping giving clients information that they needed. And, and it got a lot of saves, it got a lot of great feedback, you know, and and it got a couple of inquiries as well. So it's just just think about how is this beneficial to client again coming back to what's in it for me 
what's in it for the client. And if you can figure that bit out, then it makes it, you get a lot better results. Yeah, Wani, I do the exact same thing with Instagram carousels and they always get so much saves and they're so like easy to create in Canva. I do the same exact thing. I do it in Canva. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's, I think sometimes it can be time consuming doing like the first one, but once you kind mm. of make your own little template from a template <laughs> in Canva with your brand colors and everything, it gets easier. And if you just pay attention to like, for those of you listening who may not um, like know exactly like can't picture what the carousel post is, just start paying attention when you scroll through Instagram because so many accounts do that. Yeah. Maybe you follow like a shopping account or um, maybe you follow like a marketing account or something. Um, you know, you'll like you see them every like on every single, you know, big type of account, like one that comes to mind is that every girl does them a lot. So um, yeah, if anyone's listening and like kind of confused about what we're talking about, I would just say like open up Instagram and start scrolling. You're going to see what we mean in a couple minutes. Yeah, <laughs> do you have any advice on blogging or SEO strategy for your website? Is that something that you still do? I know you have a blog on your website. Mm, yeah oh god yeah I feel a little bit bitter about SEO um I paid I did a Black Friday um hired someone for SEO and they did whole key keywords but and then I did a free call with someone else and they were like they gave you keywords that have no um traffic to them (laughs) and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah so I'm very bitter I'm very bitter about it but yes SEO because I like blogging because again because I try and hit all the marketing baskets. So marketing, things you need to do. You have your website and SEO. You have your social media. You have your client referrals. You have your videos. You have your ads. You know, you have your um, blogging. You have your vendor partnership. You have your email marketing. So like there's a whole ton of things you can be doing for marketing. And you never want to just put your eggs in one basket. You want to be, because some some will give you immediate results. Some are more long-term. And SEO and blogging is great because those it's just a gift that keeps on giving, right? Like once you're ranking, once the information's out there, Google likes you, you can start getting a lot, a lot of inquiries, you know, and a lot of um, eyeballs on your site. So it is important. There is a great video on um, website and SEO and SBE, which I think was with Rob Greer. I, I, I used that in the initial um, first phase to just kind of like make sure I had my keywords set, make sure like my structure was set up right. There are all these little changes you can make immediately that will help your website. Um, and then, and then obviously you can take it to the next stage where you hire someone else to do the keyword research and all of that. But definitely, I would for that I would just say make sure you pick someone who has worked with someone you know because there's so many like cowboys out there and um, in terms of blogging again it's I, I used to just blog like here are my clients and they're so pretty and awesome and you should be my client too but um google's not that interested in that so it's again why should you do a portrait session how do you get ready for your portraits this is where you can buy boudoir lingerie oh this is the ways you can use your photos so again it's and if you I, a good tip I got was if you type into Google like a question and then see what other questions are coming up then you can see what clients are asking you can see popular questions clients are asking and you can create a blog post around that so yeah no definitely recommend blogging and again you can you don't have to I know some people used to be blog every week and it's like I can't do that but like I blog try and blog once or twice a month 
you know, because I also have a wedding and a portrait website, so it's a little bit much. But yeah, again, just be be consistent, you know. And then that blog, you can use it for email marketing. You can do send it to Instagram. You can send it to social media. You can make a video. You can go on YouTube. Like there are lots of ways you can repurpose repurpose the content. Do you do like batch? Um, do you batch your content, or do you just try to like once a month sit down and write that one blog post for the month, or the Instagram content for the month? When I'm really organized, I will sit down for a day and I can batch out my content for a week or two, which is amazing. But that really happens. Usually I'm like, oh, no, I haven't done it. And then I'm like, I'll, <laughs> s- I'll sit down and do it. So I-, I am aspiring to batch because that is the best way to do it. It is just it-, it means you'll be more consistent and you're less panicking. But, you know, done is better than perfect. It's kind of my philosophy on these things. Yeah, totally. I I always aspire to batch, too. And sometimes I'm very successful and... Mm. Some months it's like, oh, I just had too much going on in my life to, to do, to practice what I preach. But when I, I do batch content, like everything is like so smooth and on top of it. And I'm like, it wow. Feels, I know you feel like, you feel like a grown up. You're like, oh, I, I'm so organized. I'm so great. But it doesn't happen <laughs> often enough, sadly. So it's yeah. a work of progress. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bonnie, we brought up the idea of, Choosing two, maybe three social media platforms to focus your attention on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones, obviously one of the, the main ones, has always been Facebook. At this point, are you finding yourself creating content specifically for Facebook? Or what do you feel the purpose is of Facebook for photographers nowadays? Is it just a storefront to show that you exist? Or are you repurposing your content onto it from Instagram? I think, honestly, I think it really depends on your clients. And that's why you have to go go back if you've been in business for a couple of years. Like I like to, every year I sit down and I see where did all my clients come from? I'll be like, oh, 50% came from Instagram, 30% came from referrals, none came from Facebook. So you need to, it, it, it depends on who your clients are. My general impression is that 35 and under are kind of on Instagram and then people older, kind of 45 and definitely above 50 are on Facebook. They don't do Instagram as much. So if you are targeting like 50 over 50 campaign, then Facebook, you definitely need to be on there. But if you're shooting seniors, I guess if you're targeting moms, so, okay, perfect. You're shooting seniors to target seniors. You want to be on Instagram, but to target the moms of seniors, you'd want to be on Facebook, Right. So I think the best thing, I, I think it makes sense to be on both platforms. You can have one primary platform and then just share. I mean, it's not ideal to like post on Instagram and share it to Facebook. But again, I'm like, done is better than perfect. And if I'm not going to create something different for Facebook, at least let me share the content so it's there. And, I, and if you can take it a step further, then you can use a scheduler. So then I'll schedule things at different times so that, because the, the truth is that people are not, we always assume that everyone's on online all the time, but if I post something now, not everyone might see it. So if I post something maybe at Instagram at four o'clock and I'll post it on Facebook at like six o'clock, you know, and then maybe they'll have a higher chance of catching it. So scheduling is important, but you need to do the work. You need to know where your clients are. You need to know who your target client is and that w- and that would determine it. So if we're older clients, they're definitely on Facebook. You need to be there. Um, for younger clients to be definitely on Instagram, you need to be there. Perfect. I like your, your pointing out that done is better than perfect because even though, you know, ideally you want to create content for mom on Facebook and ideally you want to make content for the teenager would be on Instagram. 
mm-hmm. you don't have the time, it doesn't matter. Just pump it out. And, exactly. And get it out there. It, um, yeah, you do better when you can, honestly. I think we get stuck. I used to get stuck a lot on waiting to be perfect and I would go months without doing anything. So now I'm just like, just do it, just do it. It'll be better next time, just do it, you know? And, and I think we have, we set high standards for ourselves. So we're, clients don't stress as much as we do about our stuff. So it's okay. Just just put the stuff out there. Put yourself out there. Do you also have a YouTube account? Because YouTube is <laughs> like... Um, you know, it's such a search engine, just like Google is. Um, and I know that you did your 40 over 40 campaign and I saw you had IGTV videos, like your different clients that you featured. So I was just curious, do you also like put those on YouTube to get found more? Do you have any books there? I mean, I thought about it, but it feels like a lot of work. So I do have my, I try and claim my name on all the platforms because you just never know when you're going to want it. So I do have a YouTube channel, but it's like, it's there just to have a presence I have uploaded a couple of videos just in case, because like you said, YouTube is the large, second largest search engine, you know, after Google. So, but I mean, I'm, I, I had dreams of like having a YouTube channel, but honestly, like I'm tired. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got time for all that. I, like, like, no, I don't have time for all of that. So, I mean, I, I did think about uploading all the videos, but I'm like, there's so many videos and I, I'm already on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm like, you know what, Google's just going to have to find me that way because uh, I'm good. So no, that's the short answer to that. I, I don't put more stuff on YouTube. That makes sense that it's overwhelming. <laughs> it is overwhelming. Yeah. Before I forget, what is the schedule that you're using to be able to put your posts out there? Um, I use, because I'm trying, because I blog, I also post to LinkedIn um, and Google My Business. I use Loomly, so that's L-O-O-M-L-Y. So it's a little more expensive, but it allows me to post to all the platforms, so which I find really helpful. But if you just want to post to Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, then I, I can recommend later. That's really good. And it I think they have a free, I'm pretty sure they have a free option. And then if depending on how many platforms you want to post to, then you can have a paid option. But they're, they're really good and they give lots of like um, education as well. So definitely, so they're later, L-A-T-E-R. They're really good as well. Does it let you um, post a reel? Like, does it let you pre-schedule a reel? Or is it just no. like post posts? No, no, no. Instagram Instagram won't let you schedule a reel yet. That's what I we, thought. Yeah. yeah. You can do video. Uh, can you do videos? You can do videos on Facebook. But yeah, I, I don't think you can post videos on Instagram. I have to check that. But yeah, Instagram has its rules. But also, there's also um, obviously Creator Studio where you can schedule to both Instagram and um facebook and that's free that's facebook's own tool so yeah definitely use that yeah that's really helpful thanks for sharing that no worries so one last question for you wani before we have to get into our closing questions is what advice would you give to people who are just starting out in like defining their brand and deciding like how they're going to present themselves online um like what is the number one thing that you think people need to walk away knowing Hmm. Um, I, I think you need to give yourself time because I think it depends on how early in your brand you are. Because if you're just a starting photographer, then it takes time to figure out what kind of photographer you are. We shoot a lot of everything and you it takes time to figure out your style and, and how you want to present yourself. So I, I would say don't commit, don't spend huge amounts on your logo or packaging or anything. Give yourself time. Keep it simple, you know. And then as and then once you're like a year or two in and you have a good idea of who you are, then you can you can really focus on on the branding of your I mean, what do we do? So it's a logo 
if you're doing note cards, you know, and whatever else you're trying to create. And then, and your brand, I think the most important thing is your branding needs to be consistent. So the, if branding is the way a client feels about you, then you know the way Apple is recognizable anywhere, Pepsi, Google, you know, if I, as I say these names, I'm sure the image pops into your head. We know who they are. We know what they look like. So we know if we, they, we would spot a fake Apple a mile away, if like the Apple was slightly off or the logo is slightly off. So and, and Apple is a perfect example of this from their store to their packaging to their online presence. You have that clean, minimalistic feel that is very much Apple. It's the core of who they are, right? So you need to be consistent. So it starts as simple as using the same um, image, same profile and headshot across your across your platforms. Let it be the same LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So people see that face and they go, it's, it's, it's Wani. It's Ashley. You know, it's Kevin. They know who you are. So a lot of people like to put pictures of their clients, but that that's not they don't represent your brand you represent your brand and i think the the sooner the sooner unless you're like a team um which obviously that means you're not just starting out you know where you might want to use the logo if if you are a solopreneur a solo photographer then you should be the face of your brand so that people start to is that building that no like trust factor you know people first have to know who you are and, and start to recognize you before they can move on to the next stages so be consistent use the same Use the same logo, use the same picture, use the same fonts across all your platforms. That is like the first, I think that's probably the, the biggest mistake people make when they're trying, starting out branding. That's fantastic. And to finish it off, do you have any advice on how to create the engagement for your social media pages? <laughs> is, 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 isn't that the overall question? Like if people are asking Instagram, I mean, wheels are a really good way to build, like, because are a really good way to kind of build that engagement you know especially if you're doing something that's you know like you pick a trend and and it's something that's slightly funny or just like fun you know I don't think I don't think you should try and be someone you're not but kind of work with your personality you know and because like I might only get like 20 likes on the post but on a reel I'll get like 2,000 views which I'm like who are all these people where are they coming from but you know so that's a really good way and I, I get a lot of followers that way as well so if you just want to do one thing on Instagram, definitely, I think, just start with reels. Those, those are easy to do, only have to be like 15 seconds, you know, and they can, they can actually really work on increasing your exposure. Yeah, 15 seconds is all you need. That's fantastic. Exactly. Done. <laughs> well, Wani, it has been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Um, we are hitting the one hour mark, so I want to be sure to give people the opportunity to hear where they can find you. Oh, cool. Um, I am Wani Olatunde Portraits on Instagram, Facebook, Wani Olatunde if you want my wedding stuff. And then my website's the same, waniolatunde.com and waniolatundeportraits.com. Pretty simple. Consistent everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the game. Well, everyone, please, please, please go follow Wani. And also make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and Facebook as well. And also be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our Clubhouse interview at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. If you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have more questions for Wani, Ashley, or myself, please go tag us in a post in the SBE Members Only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, please email Ella with support at support at suebriceeducation.com. And thank you for joining us and hopefully you can join us next week. 
Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.